podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody, it's time for the Liverbirds. Yes, we've been away for quite a long time. We had an extended summer break, but we are back. The season is up and running and we're ready to talk all things Liverpool. Um, I have my two regular contributors back with me as well. Welcome Molly and welcome Randy. It'd be great to talk to you. So without further ado, we're going to kick right off because we've got a lot to talk about. Um, let's start off with the fact that currently we have completed all of our league fixtures in August. We are unbeaten and we are top of the table. Molly, let's start with you. What's the view look like from where you were? Yeah, excellent so far. Um, I think we've had a few. Uh, I think it took a little bit of time to find our feet, but um, obviously we've won all those games. I think the major change, the major injury, obviously, is Alisson. Um being injured and Adrian coming in. But I think although he's letting a few goals, I think arguably Alisson would have saved. Arguably we may have had a few clean sheets if Alisson was in there. We're still winning those games. And he's, I think, especially watching the Burnley game yesterday, I do think that he is looking more solid with each game and getting a little bit more confidence. So obviously we really want Alisson back as soon as possible. But I think importantly... Um, we're winning. We're winning the games, and and other people are not winning games, which is <laughs> even better. <laughs> <laughs> it it is, and and you know, let's let's face it. None of us are getting carried away. You know, it's four league games and all the rest of it. But um, can I just base, say, yeah, literally after the first game of the season, I immediately got a text from my brother. Um. It was after the oh, City got point. Oh, yeah, because they drew. Yeah, yeah, they drew. Spurs, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, they drew Spurs. I literally got a text saying, we just need to win every game now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, so I think some of us are getting a bit carried away already. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, the problem is, because of last season, you know, you, you generally think, well, what more could we have done? Well, we'll just have to win every single game we play because we only <laughs> lost... You know, we only lost one game, but we we drew too many. So I guess there is a bit of me that sort of says, well, if we could turn, and I think we got maybe six or seven draws last season, if we could turn half of those draws into wins and we didn't lose the game, maybe, you know, maybe that will be enough. But hell, we're at the end of August, so, um, <laughs> or, or the beginning of September, so not let's not get carried away. Um, but Randy, on on because uh, Molly mentioned Adrian. I mean, let's be honest. We we talked at the end of the season about maybe we do a kind of uh, a sort of summer podcast talking about our transfer business. Well, there was nothing to talk about, <laughs> with the exception of um, Adrian. So so what what has your views been of him of, of, of the first few weeks of the season as you've seen him? Uh, I must admit, I was like, uh, who is he when we suddenly signed this uh, new <laughs> keeper? And then I remembered, you know, it, it looks like it's sometimes when you watch other teams and you don't really uh, look at their plays, let's face it. But I sort of remembered, I've seen this guy before and I remember one game against us, actually. He was doing everything. He was saving everything. He was absolutely amazing. And then so when he came in, I thought, well, this is a not a bad second keeper or a third choice or whatever, you know. This mm. this should be really good. But I didn't 
reckon he was going to be in the game that soon. And it looked like his face as well when he came on when Alison got off. It looked like, you know, was this the plan? What What is going on? <laughs> and to that happened so quickly. I think he's been um, really, really good. And I think his energy and I guess his presence in the... Uh, and the dressing room and everything else looks really, really good. He looks like he's been with us for years, doesn't he? He certainly has got personality. Um, yeah. I think he looks like he's a big, he's a big character. And and as much as you know, devastated to lose Allison to an injury like that. Oh, yeah. um, actually, if there's a way for a player to get, you know, properly involved in the squad and immersed in the culture and all of those things quickly is to have to come in a position where in effect you know you're pretty much going to start every game um because you know he was the backup and and we've got you know a academy keeper or whatever it is we've got after him so i think um the thing that was interesting for me i went i was at the uh southampton away and when he um (laughs) <laughs> when he managed to ricochet the ball off Danny Ings into into his own net. Oh, poor and, guy. <laughs> and, I, and I remember sort of looking at the the guys I was sort of standing with, and they're just looking, and I just sat down in my seat. And I just thought, <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake. Um, and, and I remembered, was it last season against Leicester, when Alisson um, basically did... The, pretty much the same thing it wasn't yeah. it wasn't that much different and i was thinking you know is he is he genuinely trying to be allison in every single way he can be um, <laughs> because he'd actually pulled off a couple of cracking saves prior to that point against southampton and molly to to your point about seeing him growing confidence game by game you can you can definitely see that and you know if we take the I don't know, the Arsenal game, for example. You know, Arsenal probably in the early part of that game had the better chances than we did. But Alisson, you know, Pepe had the one-on-one terrible finish. Uh, I think Obama Yang had another chance. Um, we had the one between Van Dijk and Alisson when they got slightly confused and, you know, he sort of tried to lob the empty net. So <laughs> it's not that teams haven't been correct chances at us against us rather they have but I think I think he's he's become a um, he's he's become almost a fixture very quickly you're not I don't get the sense that I think I would have gone I know this sounds a stupid way to say it was if Mignolet was still there and Mignolet was playing every week mm. I think two of those wins would have been draws um, because I think potentially he would have let something else in against Southampton. And I think, you know, one of those early chances Arsenal might have gone in and that might have ended up being a score draw. Um, so I, I just, you know, for the limited business we did, it looks like that was a very good bit of business um, yeah, for us. Yeah, I think where, where, sorry, where we've had keepers before, that they've crumpled in, in mm. like you say, like what, you know, that Southampton, if anybody, you know, one of our previous keepers in goal, um, like you say, would have let another one in pure, not by based on skill, purely based on confidence. Yeah. And I don't know whether, cause Adrian's a, a bit older, whether, cause he's got that little bit more experience that didn't happen and that it was quite a relief um, <laughs> and as you say that that does seem to be kind of slightly improving with each passing game as well yeah and also I, I guess one of, one of the things that struck me was also how he reacted to the fact that he you know it was a terrible you know it was a, it was a it was a sort of complacent clearance that you know Danny Ings fair play to him you know chasing down and all the rest of it but it was how he how he reacted after that I think also gave me a bit more confidence in him that he wouldn't let stuff like that hang over him 
you know, like a pool in the background, um, and then impacting every decision he subsequently makes after that. So, so I think that was that was really positive. So, um, yeah, four four games, four league games, four wins, twelve points, top of the table. Um, just in passing, we also won the European Super Cup. In between all of that, uh, <laughs> we did lose the Charity Shield, but I'll I'll gloss over that because that is literally a pre-season friendly um, yeah. <laughs> the, the the super cup i thought was a was quite an interesting exercise again you know in a in a city that you know has been very good to liverpool over the years um and it's again though it was it was incredibly hot and I do wonder, certainly at certain points of the the game against Chelsea, you know that that you could you could see that you know both sides at various points were kind of struggling to to you know piece three or four passes together. Um, but you know, do, what what if anything do we take from that? Was it just you know it was great one off game, um, you know got a bit of silverware, or do do we think this is just about um, cementing the fact that we are a team that wins things now. Um, I don't know, Randy. What what did you what did you think of the Super Cup game? Uh, I thought it was a bit like City. At least I thought on on beforehand. I said to myself, you know, if we win this, this is a really important game, obviously. And if we lose it, we just have to put it on that. You know, this is not a proper game thing, and and we use it as. Um, exercising playing a real game because they came quite early and sort of thinking fast to, to start with and as you said I didn't think we were any good at all I think we looked re- terrible passing the ball terrible defending and all that but uh, and, and the, the first half both against City and Chelsea was not anything to look at it was really really bad but then the second half we really really looked like threatening team and you could see on City they were happy they sort of scrapped the mm-hmm. win and Chelsea they were suddenly realising they're back you know we were so much better in the second half and we were so much better doing the penalty shootout so that was such a comfort I think I was really really happy about that and and also as you said it's not a bad thing having the winning habit and it looks like this sort of have got into that now and that is marvellous I was really, really happy about that because I think it does something to the squad with things, you know, no matter what. Yeah, I think what I think what we are beginning to see is the uh, there was an article on on one of the social media sites that talked talked about this team beginning to display a well earned arrogance. And I'm not sure I would even call it arrogance per se, but I do think it's that there is the, the the belief of the what Klopp and his staff are doing. And I'm not saying they didn't believe it before, but they've got tangible results for it now in the shape of the European Cup. And I think I think you can't you can't pay any amount of money for what that has injected in the veins of the players mm. who were on the pitch that night in Madrid in terms of uh, how they feel when they walk when they walk on a football field now um and I do wonder around if there is a persona around the team you know when they're walking out on the pitch against you know, it doesn't matter you know whether it Arsenal, whether it's Burnley, whether it's thing. I'm not saying you know all teams have an inferiority complex, but is there is it is it the is it the confidence within the team that we've got that they come across as even harder to beat than they than they did last season, and and we were fantastic last season. Like I said, we lost one game in the league. Do you know what I mean, Molly? Am I am I making any sense here? Yeah, because what a lot of what I heard um, from from various different supporters um, last year was, "Well, 
it's always hardest to win your first trophy. It's your first bit of silver. Klopp's never won anything, mm. you know, and it's that, you know, you haven't got that mentality. You're too immature. And so I think obviously winning the Champions League was very much like, obviously it was important, but it was also, like you say, like a statement. Like we're, we're here now and then winning that second piece of silverware, whatever you think of the competition, mm. I think just reinstates that. We weren't lucky. It wasn't a one-time thing. This is this is what's going to happen now. Um, but just touching on the uh, the Super Cup, I don't think I've ever watched Liverpool win a piece of silverware and being so furious afterwards. Like I couldn't believe <laughs> that at the start of a season we've got two English clubs travelling to probably the furthest point on the continent or one of the furthest points on the continent to play in a ridiculous heat and then play half an hour extra time (laughs) i was genuinely (laughs) absolutely like like raging about it like i I was just (laughs) jumping around being really angry even though we'd won and genuinely i was like it raging because <laughs> I was going, guys, I bumped it at the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Points because of how close, obviously how close it was. One point last season. Just, and yeah. And I know people say, no, oh, it was a Mickey Mouse trophy. It doesn't mean anything. It does mean something. Of course it does. I'm not going yes, to pretend it that it doesn't. But could it, you know, could it not have been played at Wembley? Surely UEFA well, would have made the same amount of money, more money. Well, they, prob- more- they probably would have made more, but but that's not you know UEFA doesn't work like that. But more so as as relevant. So I agree with you. I don't understand why it had you had to have extra time. Why it couldn't have gone straight to penalties? Yeah. Um, because the Super Cup is to an extent the European version of the Charity Shield, really. Um, I, I, it, it's more prestigious, and it's not—it's not specifically for charity, but you know what I mean. The bit that the other bit that I understand is why did our game have to remain on the Saturday at three o'clock when Spurs' game, um, uh, Chelsea's game rather, was on the Sunday? So I didn't understand why we had to come back having played the game on the Wednesday and had extra time and penalties for a Saturday three o'clock kickoff when in effect Chelsea got an extra 24 hours because their game was scheduled for what for Sunday. I can't remember who they were playing. Was it Man United or somebody? Anyway, whatever it was. Because we, um, we were the three yeah, o'clock kickoff, so playing on Sunday, it wouldn't have even affected TV. Because no. it's just been the game they didn't show on Sunday. It set so you. I'm really annoyed again. <laughs> it's all it's all folded back to me. Keep going, Molly. Don't give up. Be annoyed. Yeah. That's cool. So, so the good the good bit about that though is we found a way to win against Southampton. We we played well in parts. We weren't great in parts. We found a way to win. And that's that's the sense I get of this team at the moment. They will they will find a way to win. Um, obviously, just uh, just before we played Burnley, and we may come back to to Burnley because I I was uh, I thought that might be a trickier game than it ultimately turned out to be. But we had the um, Champions League draw, and we are in the same group as we've got Napoli, we've got RB Salzburg, and we have Genk. Um, Now, clearly, Napoli was in our group last season, so we know what we're getting, and they also absolutely battered us in pre-season 3-0 at Murrayfield, which uh, actually was the the one pre-season game that that I managed to go to. Um, and I, I have to say, I was very impressed with with Napoli, particularly in that preseason game. You know, we've got the wily old fox of Ancelotti uh, in charge there. 
Um, so first, first things first. Um, I, you know, I don't know a huge amount about um, Genk or Salzburg, other than you know they finished as champions in their respective leagues, which is why they're in. Um, you know, they're in the Champions League uh, main draw. But um, what did you? So let's get you calmed down, down Molly. What did you think of the Champions League draw? I mean, obviously you would argue it was one of the safer groups. Mm-hmm. I think I don't, and I don't think there's any kind of disrespect saying that at all. Um, but you, like you say, straight away, apart from, you know, Napoli is, is a, is a team that we should be relatively familiar with down the other two not at all. And I don't know whether, I don't know, is there any danger in that? Is there any, you know, we're not really sure what to expect. You know, on the face of it, you would say that ourselves and Napoli, in theory, are the the two teams you would expect to come out of that group on the basis of, you know, Genk are, um, you know, the last time I think they were in the the Champions League is is a few years ago. Um, I think they might have been in the Europa League when they sort of came through the qualifying or, or what have you, but um, I don't I, I don't know that much about them. Um, Salzburg, I think you know it's obviously this Red Bull um, linkage. So you've got Red Bull Salzburg, you've got Red Bull Leipzig, you've got everything. So I know that they're, they're obviously different clubs, but I'm presuming you know that with the similar sponsors, they've got. Um, you know they've got similar philosophies. So the the only other bit I know about Salzburg is whoever their coach or manager was last season, he went to, he's gone to Borussia Mönchengladbach this season. So they've got a new coach. That's that's about it. But I think they do. You know they focus on kind of young up and coming players. So I suspect. You know, they might. I wouldn't underestimate anybody in in any of the Champions League groups, but I think if there's going to be a surprise, maybe Salzburg will have it. Maybe. Yeah, I think you're right because it could potentially be a little bit unexpected. Like, but not being familiar with either team really is. You've got to obviously anticipate every situation. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, Randy, as you would expect, I'm sure our our backroom staff and everything will be, you know, very diligent in, you know, getting videos and going to, you know, scope the teams out and what have you. I, I, if I had, if I had to hazard a guess, I don't think Belgium is the strongest league, um, in Europe. So I, I, or, or I don't think Austria is that that strong either. But so, so from an overall draw point of view, you think, you know, that's a reasonably decent draw. I don't think there are any mugs left in the champion. It's not like, you, I mean, I know we beat Maribor seven nil or whatever it was, but I don't think it's, you know, those are not necessarily run of the mill results. Where, whereas you might've argued a few years ago, there was, there was teams that you would say were definitely cannon fodder. I don't think you get that anymore. So I, if we play to our potential, I expect us to qualify out of the group stages. And you would say, like I said on paper, that Napoli would expect to come out there. But to be fair, that with the tightness of the group last season, we knocked Napoli out, and they yeah. didn't even get it out of the into the knockout stages. So, you know, they've got, you know, they've got. I would say whether they've got revenge on their mind, but you know, they've unfinished business maybe. So I don't think it's going to be any kind of cakewalk. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I just, um, I thought it could have been a lot worse, right? In terms, oh, yeah. of, in terms of the draw that we got, I mean, there was, there were a couple of, uh, as well, as I love to call them, you know, El Grupo del Muertas in there. <laughs> um, particularly the, uh, what's, what's the one? Is it, is it got Barcelona, Dortmund, is it Inter Milan and, um, Slavia Prague didn't check put put his old team in (laughs) but that was so funny did you see that that uh, owner or leader of that team he was general manager whoever the hell it was yes he was just giggling he was going completely you know this 
this is not true. This can't be true. And look at our group. You know, what, what, what's going on? And he was giggling. That was so cute. Of course, that for them, they must be like, like, wow. Uh, but they, of course, they have no chance anyway. But, but it must be cool to come in the group like that because they are not the ones they're going to fight for it, but they're going to be in the midst of all this. And I'm actually very happy about our group. And I think, as you said, mm. we are, have to we have to expect us to go through with Napoli, but I am absolutely sure that Napoli wants revenge. And I I watched you against Napoli yesterday. Did any of you see that? Uh, that no, was an amazing game. It was uh, three three, and then on overtime, and that was like three nil in the first half half or something for Juve. And then Napoli comes back to a draw, and then. Two minutes over time, Koulibaly does an own goal. That was spectacular. Oh, my God. And I felt so sorry for them. I was really, really sorry for Napoli because they were absolutely the best team in the end of that match. And I thought, fucking hell, we're going to meet this team. Uh, yeah. So that is not going to be a walk in the park. But I'm sure that we, I think we should expect to go through. But I'm, I'm absolutely sure that Salzburg is going to be the one that's going to maybe surprise a bit. But I'm very happy about our group, I must say. So, just let's well, let's have, let's have a little think about some of the some of the other groups. So, um, I guess I don't know. I I I don't obviously want any of the other English teams to do well. Um, so, if I look at where they are, so Group B: Bayern Munich, Spurs, Olympiacos, and. Uh, is it Krevna Zevda? Is that Red Star Belgrade? I think that's the <laughs> that's the whatever it is Serbian or whatever for for uh, I think that's Red Star Belgrade. Uh, you would expect uh, well, depending on they're, they're not in great form, but you'd expect Spurs to maybe come out of that group along with Bayern Munich. Um, City got their normal stupid yeah. draw. Um, so, you know, Atalanta have never, ever, ever been in the Champions League in the whole of their life. Dinamo Zagreb and Shakhtar Donetsk, who I think they've had for the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, Shakhtar. So, I mean, you can't really, you, you shouldn't expect Man City to have any trouble getting out of that group. Um, and then you've got Chelsea in with Ajax, Valencia and Lille. I think that is a tough group. Yeah, I, I'd like yeah, to think sure that Ajax gonna... can. I'd like to think that Ajax could could sort of recreate, you know, some of their form from last season. But um, yeah, I, 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 Chelsea obviously. I mean, I think I, I've been quite, you know, now that they're having to obviously play their own youth players and also because they've got this transfer ban, you're actually beginning to see some some quite interesting younger talent coming through at Chelsea. So I think it could be it could be interesting to see how they do um, this season in the Champions League, actually. And mm. then, like I said, you've got the uh, Barcelona, Borussia Dortmund, Inter and Slavia Prague. And then the other one, which I think is quite an interesting group, is Juve, Atletico Madrid, Bayer Leverkusen and Lokomotiv Moscow. Yeah. Uh, so... If you were going to pick, if you were going to pick a group other than ours um, that you'd want to watch, then this coming season, uh, which which one would they? The only the other one that I missed, sorry, the other two that I missed. You've got uh, Group A, which is PSG, Real Madrid, Club Bruges, and Galatasaray, and then you've got Group G, which is Zenit, St. Petersburg, Benfica, Lyon, and RB Leipzig. Which one do you think is going to be the most entertaining? Obviously, us, us being, you know, champions of Europe. I don't think I've mentioned that yet. We'll come back to that. <laughs> um, so, so clearly, everybody will want to watch our group. But outside of that, which one, which group would you fancy watching, Molly? What do you think? I think the group of death probably is a group of death. <laughs> death. Yeah. 
Yes, El Grupo del Might Muerta. <laughs> Might see yeah, a few group piggies <laughs> knocked out there. <laughs> well, there's got to be at least one, hasn't there? There's got to be yeah. at least one biggie knocked yeah. out. What about yeah. you, Randy? Would you pick the same group or someone else? I think the Group D is quite interesting as well because that's uh, Juve, Atletico and Leverkusen. And that could actually be quite exciting. And Lokomotiv, of course, but I, I guess they are the, the sort of... A lesser team but that's going to be exciting and uh maybe group b no mm-hmm. olympiacos is not going to have anything on Tottenham and bayern are there but coutinho is going to play for bayern he didn't score in the weekend but he was on the pitch that's really strange but they yes <laughs> that that whole thing that whole that's thing is weird. strange don't yeah. you think yeah um you know, it's the, the, the classic quote of be careful what you wish for, you might get it, I think uh, applies so beautifully to Coutinho at the moment. And, you know, how, how quickly his his dream has turned into a nightmare is literally being hawked around Europe by Barcelona to anybody that they think would take him off their hands. And, um, you know, I don't, you know, it's but a, the it's good a... thing is, though, I mean, after this Champions League draw groups, he might be much better off than Barcelona, let's face it. So it's going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think so. I think he might have been the better guy off in that deal. I don't know. Yeah, it's... Uh, it, I, just, I just find it uh, interesting where he's ended up in such yeah. a short short space of time um i'm sure he didn't anticipate it being like this so so <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so yeah so since we're we're, talk, we're talking about uh you know the the champions league and draw and uh and obviously you know somebody's got to win it but but i think we'll find that we did just win it <laughs> Um, so, so now we are. Really? Why are you there? Why are you there? <laughs> so I was, I was in Madrid. I was not in the stadium, but Molly, you were in the stadium. Yeah. Not. I was um, so stadium, obviously I yeah. never, I never saw you in Madrid. I mean, it was absolutely mad, <laughs> mad. There. I mean, I don't yeah. know how, how a hundred thousand Liverpool fans, 80,000 Liverpool fans, something ridiculous. And Madrid was red. It was Madrid, not Madrid. Um, but what what was it like, Molly? We may as well look wallow in it because <laughs> yeah. we're going to be champions for at least until the thirtieth of May next year. Yeah. But well, tell me how how was Madrid for you? Well, it took me. I think it took me twenty four hours to get to Alicante, which is where my dad was staying. Yes. Because we booked so late. Um, so it took me 24 hours to get there. Then we got from Alicante first thing in the morning. We got the train into Madrid. Um, and it was it was red, as you say. Um, we actually didn't go right into the centre. Uh, we went to find our hotel. And that was... Just, I think, south of the stadium. Uh, but we found a little kind of square by our hotel, which quickly got took over. Um, not too many Reds, but yeah, quite a few and, and no Spurs fans and kind of based ourselves for the day in this uh, very nice uh, Spanish restaurant. Um, and then obviously a few of us went up to the stadium but it was, I mean, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And, you know, the I've not been to an away game before where the locals are actually so friendly. Um, yeah. It had a lot to do with us beating Barcelona. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, even to the point of we got lost trying to find our hotel. And it was really, really hot. Um and we were kind of lugging all our rucksacks and everything around and a guy just pulled over and gave us a lift. But there were too many of us, so he did two trips. Oh. 
and he was just the nicest the nicest local and he just said yeah he really just was just so 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 nice um and was just just because he saw we were lost and and there was a real there was a real pride of wanting to show their city off and their people off in the best light i think um so they were Mm. so so accommodating and we had such a great time and actually when we came back from the ground my my dad and I'm seven the the few others that didn't have tickets had stayed in the same restaurant and uh, befriended the manager and um, the manager kept playing you'll never walk alone and we are the champions on repeat (laughs) for us for about an hour (laughs) my dad was relatively inebriated Uh (laughs) and they were obviously a lot of the locals are kind of like yeah Liverpool and every time someone said that my dad insisted on hugging them (laughs) (laughs) and then a police car pulled up and these two police officers got out of the car and and they were I'm not joking they must have been about six foot four both of them and guns (laughs) batons everything my dad insisted on hugging them as well. <laughs> and I was like, Dad, you can't. Bless him. One was smiling and the other one looked very, very angry. I was like, Dad, don't hug the angry one. Don't hug the angry one. He did. And as he hugged him, he just said, please don't shoot me, Mr. Police Officer. <laughs> but despite this, they were all very friendly, despite my drunken father hugging everyone in this <laughs> Oh, they all took it so... very well. Oh, that's the game. That was just, <laughs> but yeah, just to say, like, it was definitely one of the friendliest places I've been to watch a football match. The people were amazing, really, really amazing. They obviously winning helped, but they yes. just yeah, helped yeah. make that like such a special day and night. It was, it was, a, it was a very special um, day and night. Where were you in your in the pub that you normally watch the games, Randy, or were you at home, or what did you do? I was at the normal pub, yeah, uh, and uh, we were sort of a big, big gang, uh, really anticipating. I mean, I think we all were like, we should do this, shouldn't we? I mean, we are the experienced ones. We are. To me, it was just like we had to win, so. Uh, didn't really expect it to be that obvious when we got that, that uh, penalty that early, but it was like it was in the air. I was sort of prepared, but when we won it, I was like, I didn't really get it until the day after. I think because it was it, it just turned into a big party, obviously. But the day after, it was like we actually won this. I think I've seen that match like five times. The whole thing again. <laughs> Even though it was a crap match, but just to to have have that feeling, you know, because when you're not there, you sort of have to get it into your pores in a different way, I guess. So I've I've used to, I've spent time on it, and it's really dawned on me now, and it's such a lovely gift to have. We are the it, it really is champion. Yeah, it, it's, it's so it's nice, fantastic. Um, I so I was I was in Madrid, but obviously I didn't I didn't qualify for a ticket. But I took the train up in the morning from Valencia and got into Madrid, went and met my friends. Um so we were we did we did go into the centre, we went and we went and had a bit of a wander around, went to the sort of main squares, we did go to the Liverpool fan zone and and this wasn't even that l- late do you know I mean? it was relatively early and the place was just heaving and as you know it was so hot in madrid so we stayed there for a little while but we just went oh we can't you know we're not gonna we're not gonna stay here we we would sort of head off and we headed off into one of the i think it was in plata mayor but anyway we were we we were staying at these um, sort of having a drink and some food in one of the little bars off the side and then we went and found another little bar which was really nice and they were lovely in there 
and we sort of stayed in there and they had the little misting things outside and they had the indoor bit with aircon which was i was just like i can't i can't sit out <laughs> in the sun i need to i need to go inside in the shade but we so we we sat in there and because you know there were no big screens up or anything so actually people were scrambling around to find somewhere <laughs> to watch the game and this bar had a little TV, had a couple of TVs in it, um, and it and it it had a table, and they sort of said, "Well, we'll set this table up for you." It was right by the air conditioning unit, it was whatever. And so there was probably there was probably a group of about fifteen or sixteen of us, and half of us had about half of us had tickets, and they were going off to the stadium. So the rest of us were staying in this little bar, and um, so we all got set up, and then. You know, as the as they they went off about six, half six, something like that, to go off to the stadium. We were all settled, and then as the sort of evening was was sort of going on, and we were getting close to kickoff time, and sort of looking behind me because the the bit behind us, which opened out onto the onto the street, was just getting full up of other people because there was another little TV sort of behind us, <laughs> and it's all Liverpool. It was just a sea of red other than one man sat in the middle of a little Spurs shirt oh, <laughs> in this little bar. <laughs> and he was he was good as gold, right? Sort of an American guy who come in, you know, didn't didn't say very much, but but I, I have to say that's probably one of the most uncomfortable games I've ever watched in my life. Mm. Uh, because <laughs> we scored so early, mm. it sort of I think it changed the complexion of how we were going to play. I think, obviously, you know, people have talked about this, but the heat made a massive difference in terms to the fluency of the game. Then, you know, you had sort of all, all of this. When you look back on it, it's not, it's not as bad as you think it was. But I, I was just, I was just beside myself watching mm. it. It was there was so much tension, and I, and I was so desperate for us to win. And <laughs> everybody, you know, as the we we started off singing and everything, and as the game went on, our table just got quieter and quieter. Where people were just sitting there, just what like just staring at the screen and muttering <laughs> to themselves. And oh my god, it was it was a nightmare. Then when Ricky scored in the 80s. So you can make the place was bedlam because there was an upstairs little bar. They had a TV up there that was full of Liverpool fans, and all you could hear was like singing, singing, singing. And I just sat there going, "How much injury time is there? How much injury time is there? It's 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 not over. It's not over. I can't celebrate yet." And, <laughs> and people would go, "We've won it. We won. We haven't won it yet. The final whistle hasn't gone." And I wouldn't believe it until it got to about the 93rd minute. And it was still two nil, and I thought, I think we've got this. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't let myself believe until it was literally physically impossible for Spurs to have enough time to score two goals, even though they hadn't really looked like scoring for no. most of the game. <laughs> it just, I was, I, it, it was too much, and I, and I just remember sitting there, and I didn't know what to do after we'd won. <laughs> you know we were all sort of hugging each other and what have you my friend ryan is with his mum rang and and him and his sister were there and whatever and she spoke to his sister and sort of passed the phone over he was in tears on the phone to his mum going to think and that was nearly starting me off one of the other guys chris was like all emotion he was just like we you know we it's six times it's six it was just Everybody was really, really overcome. I think it was the relief of having won. It wasn't. It wasn't. The joy came afterwards. I, for yeah. me, it was just. It was just the that it would have been a travesty for the way we played that season to end up with nothing. And I think so. So yeah, it was. It wasn't an. In, it wasn't an enjoyable experience watching the game, but. Uh, afterwards made up for it but that you know 95 minutes or whatever it was was just tortuous frankly <laughs> um anyway yeah, yeah. so so that, <laughs> that that was that was my madrid and then we just went, then we were out we were just out drinking and about five in the morning where we 
I we were coming down this particular road. We were trying to find another bar because the last bar we'd been in had shut. And there's this guy sort of st- came out in front of me and 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 was sort of standing there and turned and turned round. And it's the bloke who sits in front of me in the cop <laughs> just ah. randomly on this street in madrid and he's like oh okay it was like threw his arms around me he was pissed out of his head you know fair play to him, whatever and it was just i was killing myself love is so random of all the places i could have just bumped into him um, you know, with the, you know, like eighty thousand other Liverpool supporters just wandering around <laughs> Madrid. Um, but the, I don't know when when you headed back, Molly. But we we uh, the final bar we found. I kind of came out of there about half five, quarter to six. I just went. Do you know what? I, we, we, it's going to be too far to find another one. I'm just going to go back to the station to wait for my train. So I went back to Atocha, <laughs> and it was ju- it was like carnage. It was like a war zone. There was just bodies strewn <laughs> everywhere on the verge outside, on the stairs, on the concourse, down by the platforms, in the ticket office. It was clearly just thousands and thousands of people had just decided, you know, I'm coming into Madrid for the day and then I'll just get the first train back out to wherever I need to go. So, yeah, it was it was because there was nothing much open. There was just a sea of people. Um, the vast majority of Liverpool fans just lying all, o- all over a touch of station. We were for all oh, the waiting Liverpool to go fans home. that were there. All the Liverpool fans that were there. We were next to a Spurs fan. and like you say when Origi scored like the mass hysteria that overtook everybody Uh, and I was with my brother who I mean I've told a couple of stories to him before he's not very chill put it that way like (laughs) we were just like manic and then at the end of the match he was like Molly because it was like a dad and lads on next to us he was like the little boy's crying I was just like, oh. we can't worry about that, Mark. Bestie learns now. Life is hard. Yeah. 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 Life's a bitch. I've been there before. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Exactly. Yeah, we were actually, in Kiev. Tell him to fucking get over it. We were sat a few rows behind Bobby Firmino's dad. Oh, had, I'll have to tweet the picture because I managed to get a pit, like just take a picture, and he had like this massive Firmino flag. He was going fucking nuts. Um, oh, but on his brilliant. shirt, on his shirt was Daddy. Daddy. Oh, <laughs> <Number> nine. <laughs> he was like, oh, that is the best shirt ever. Um, I was like, is it? Is it his dad? And I think it must. And it, I know it is because I've seen a picture of him with his dad since. Yes. And it is. Yes. But also, yeah, exactly. we must have been sat where, like, the families were. Because you kept seeing groups of people that looked like our players. Uh, oh, and wow. Was, and I'm guessing it must have been uh, Alison's, like, friends and family there. Because they were all, like, six-foot, like, dark-haired guys with beards. Yeah. And then they all yeah. had a different goalie shirt on. Oh, and, and <laughs> Alison's dad looks so, exactly <laughs> like him, doesn't he? Yeah, they just look. Well, yeah, he looks exactly like him. He's like a bit grey. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so I'll have to tweet. I've got, as I say, I've got the picture for Daddy Number Nine. Oh, um, you've, got, you've definitely got to tweet that to us. Yeah, <laughs> it's so cool. I'll have to send that. Um, but yeah, it was just mental. It was hard. It was hard to watch. And that's all. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the game, my brother just went, I didn't enjoy a second of that. <laughs> that was <laughs> awful. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I'm with your brother. I didn't. Uh, the, yeah. the seconds I enjoyed was when Salah scored the penalty and when Origi scored in the 88th minute. And yeah. everything in between, frankly, was torture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. It was shit. It was a it was a terrible final, but ask me how many fucks I give. Yeah. Right? Because I think you'll find we have six stars on our shirt and we are yep. champions of Europe. 
Yeah. And the the other thing that I that I loved, sorry about that. And I'm sure you've seen the stuff on on um, social media because obviously it was all of the thing coming up, going, oh, Liverpool fans are going to be unbearable, and we've now got this big banner. <laughs> Did you see the the picture of the the ship they had with Jamie Webster going down the Bosphorus with the unbearable flag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> the side of it, oh, it was hilarious. I lo- I loved seeing that. Mm. And and the fact is, pretty much every game this season that we go that I've been to thus far, we have been chanting, "We yeah. are the champions, the champions of Europe." And it's going to get really old for most other teams really quickly. But I don't care. I, I love I it. it. I'm not singing it. It's really loud. Really loud. That's so cool. <laughs> no, so uh, so I'm so glad we finally got to kind of share our memories of um, of the first of June, 2019, which is a very auspicious day. <laughs> I just want to wrap up uh, because you know we've been we've been chit chatting away for a good hour or so now, so I don't want our our listeners to be bored. Um, next few fixtures. Uh, got quite an interesting run particularly of away games so straight after the international break we come back we're at home lunchtime kickoff to newcastle um then yes we go... i'm gonna be there are you i'm going to be there yeah indeed yeah. I, it might but i might have and to see you race away I might have to try and see you before because I'm I'm rushing off straight after. I've got to get back to uh, I'm I'm actually with friends that weekend in a uh, in the northeast of the country. So funnily enough, I've got to come uh, northwest and then go back again. Uh, um, I might try and see you before the game. Then we we kick off the Champions no. League. It starts all over again away to Napoli. It's Napoli. Which is, it's Napoli, yeah. and I will be going. I w- I'm going to Naples. Oh. Uh, to see oh, that game, yeah. Then we come back. But that's interesting because they're not play, playing in uh, their own stadium. So what's the stadium they're playing in? So, uh, so all I've been Breccia. told is um, is that they should be in their stadium for the Champions League games. They've been playing in Bari or somewhere. Really? That's flu league. Yeah, Bari. Because they were doing something, I'm not 100 percent sure. But there's nothing on the website to say it's not going to be in the in the San Pedro or San Paolo or whatever their stadium's called. Really? That's so I had to make I had to make travel arrangements on the basis that I'm going to Napoli. Yeah. Um, if I'm going somewhere else, I'm a bit screwed, frankly. But hey ho. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we come back. We come back. To, straight after that, we come back to Chelsea away, um, which I'll also be going to. And then we play the Carabao Cup against Milton Keynes away. And then we go back to the league and we play Sheffield United away. Away. So we've got an interesting run of, a, of away games coming up. Um, where do you think we'll be at the end of September, Randy, with all of that? going on ah, all of that going on and all of that away games going on I think we're gonna win them all the only question mark uh, I've got here of course is Chelsea. Uh, and I'm not talking about Napoli now uh, it's just the Premier League so I think Chelsea is could be uh, the hardest one they've started to score goals and maybe they don't let them in as easily anymore. Uh, so I got a question mark on Chelsea, but the rest I think we should win. Okay, Molly. I think I'm going to be really honest. I'll be disappointed if we if we don't win them all because <laughs> Chelsea are not on current, on like good form at the minute, and if we're not taking advantage of that now, then. Like we absolutely should be. Yeah, I think. Um, they look, I, I think look good. Look going away is going to be the hardest one. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. I I think that I think that's going to be. But I, I, I don't think know that Chelsea tough. have got the stamina at the minute. I'm not sure how strong they are defensively. If I'm mm. honest, 
I think they look reasonably good going forward, but I, I think that I think they are vulnerable at the back, Chelsea. He just um, flopped yesterday, didn't he? Yeah, I, I, so I didn't realise the, the the last I knew they were two nil up, and it I figured, well, that's a, yeah, it finished up as a draw. Sheffield. I didn't know. And yeah. Sheffield is a very good team, but that's what I mean. They just like seem to crumble. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what it, it's. You know, with our front three, we should be doing more than Sheffield. You would argue, I would think. Yeah. I mean, the bit that I guess is interesting, particularly on the basis that we did little or nothing in the transfer market, is what sort of team we think you'll put up against the MK Dons when it comes to the Carabao Cup. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Assuming that people like, you know, Rian Brewster and uh, Curtis Jones and people like that, and, you know, Lalana and Shakiri, players that... Um, uh, you know, are getting you know a few minutes here and there, but probably need more time. I'm assuming we'll go into that. We'll go into that team, but you know, we, we we're a few, we're a couple of weeks away from that. But it's just you know we haven't got the biggest squad, so I'm assuming that that he's going to have to start utilising some of the others. He can't have the same people playing week in week out for all of those. I games. really hope to see right Ryan Brewster. That would be nice. Yeah, I mean, we've you know Gomez is fit. Um, you know, we've got uh, well, Lovren is still here, and it's gone, and it's the first of September, so he's not going anywhere. So we do mm-hmm. have, um, you know, we've certainly got defensive cover. Um, we've got that the guy Hoover or Hover, however you pronounce it, um, who did did look reasonably good in preseason. Um, we've obviously got the is it Van Berg that we signed. Mm. Um, young uh, Dutch defender so you know there are uh, there's talent there it's just a question about whether they're ready or not and I guess won't know until we play them Um, so I think what you're basically saying to me is you're expecting us to win every game in September (laughs) and therefore we will be uh, in the Carabao Cup top of the and and have and have at least our first three points in the Champions League group stage. Yes. Yeah, I think why not? It's going to be the hardest game, mm-hmm. but I don't see any reason why we don't win it. I love your confidence. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> and Give I me think five minutes, the... and I'll be like, no, 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 don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, no, we no. are. We are no, we are starting to set our own records as this team. So yeah, you know, as definitely. we know, you know, thirteen wins on the bounce, uh, yeah. first time in the club's history that we've done that. So um, fifty Brazilian goals. Yes, fifty That's goals for one. Bobby Firmino. Um, and you know, as we sort of said, you know, Virgil Van Dijk, UEFA Player of the Year as well as Defender of the Year and Alison Goalkeeper of the Year. I just we just need to see whether we can we can bring in the Ballon d'Or now. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be <laughs> yeah. Bring it on. <laughs> that would really you know what, piss isn't off. it? That would really piss people <laughs> off. And and that that's so much fun. <laughs> I I would love love because because we've got we've got three players up for the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's unheard of in terms of you know modern times. Had three Liverpool players in to even be considered for the Ballon d'Or. So you know, I just and those I, city players. And, <laughs> no, and, and, <laughs> and you know what? That 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 is boiling their piss, right? That they did a domestic triple, right? Yeah, nobody gives a shit. Right, the only thing people nobody cares is us. Is us winning the Champions League, and yeah. and and actually, you know, they they should be getting a lot of credit for that. But but it's you know, we we are living in Guardiola's rent free at the moment. Definitely. I I can't believe how much though. Like, I know. it's like been a bit of a joke. But if you actually listen to his interviews. He does talk about Liverpool on a daily basis. Yeah. Even when he's not asked about them, he brings them up in conversation. 
It's like not even, it's, it's not even like a joke. This is like genuine feeling. You know what? I think he's turning mad. He's going mad. And he's Liverpool doing it to him. And if they're not going to win the Champions League this season, they, he's absolutely going to go off his trolley. He's going to go off his, on an island somewhere, you know. <laughs> ripping his head up, you know, being absolutely off his tits. That is going to be interesting. <laughs> it is bizarre. So something something happens, and he'll and he will he will find a way to bring yeah. it back to Liverpool. Let's talk about Liverpool. It's it's it, honestly it is it is really interesting to watch as a as a study. But anyways, we're we're not we're not going to finish on Guardiola. As amusing as that is, we we are going to finish on the basis that um, we're signing off the first live birds of the new season as the six times champions of Europe, um, which I think has quite a nice ring to it. Personally, um, maybe, maybe I'll use that as part of my signature at work now. I'll do it on my email. Six times. <laughs> Times <laughs> champions of Europe. Uh, right, ladies, it's been a delight getting back and chatting to you again. Um, I hope to talk to you very soon, listeners. Thank you very much for your attention. It's great to be back, and as we have said on a number of occasions, up the six-time winning champions of Europe Reds. Thanks and bye bye. Life goes on day after day Hearts torn in every way So ferry cross the mercy Cause this land's the place I love And here I'll stay Podcast Network.